God's people on today's show, we talk about how the end and the beginning is the exact same thing happening simultaneously, but producing very different results depending on your mindset and perspective. We also discuss the dangers of being addicted to average, but not before I share the J. Will music song of the day, which is all the way back from 2011. If you want to add my music to your Apple Music or Spotify playlist, just type in J-W-I-L-M-U-S-I-C. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the inspiration. Inspiration, now in session. Inspire God's people. My wife thinks I'm crazy. How did we get here? I can't believe y'all let me have a show. We going higher and higher, let me inspire you. Guys, people, I see you, let me admire you. He gave you vision and purpose, but you struggle to dream. Cause the seed that was sown wasn't stitched in your jeans. What was in them was denim. I guess what's in them is in them. There's a different perspective that I'm trying to present them. It ain't always peace when you see the peace sign. It don't make you a Levite cause you rock Levi's. What's up, people? I am your host, Jay Will. And I would like to welcome you to Inspire God's People, where we balance faith and business to guide you to your purpose. The end of one thing is always the beginning of another. So check this out, man. I know for some of us out here, it is so hard to let go. You know, and look, I've been there too. Something that you experienced in life. A lot of times when it's good, but what's odd about us as human beings is sometimes we even hold on to the bad experiences. That's when they get weird. That's when we all get weird when it's like, yo, that's not good. That relationship isn't good. That situation isn't good. But you're holding on to it because I guess in your mind, you like, well, it's all I know, though. And something is better than nothing, right? That's kind of what we tell ourselves, I believe. Whereas like when we holding on to something, it's like, well, you know, a relationship, even though it's bad, is better than no relationship at all, right? Because da-da-da-da-da-da, everybody's in a relationship, right? No, that's not the case. What I've learned is that sometimes we could be so caught up in the moment of like today that we don't have a line of sight to the full process. Now, since day one of this show, I've been talking about the idea of the process. And it's a very real thing. It's been a real thing for me. Um, And I like to, like, you know, be um, introspective, retrospective, like, looking. Anyway, one of those words is the right words in the context of what I'm saying. I like to look back in a positive way on things that I've experienced and kind of look at the journey that the Lord has had me on. And when I do that, I find different checkpoints in my life where it's like, man, like I remember being in this situation and not knowing how God was going to get me out of it or being scared to take a new job or being scared to move to the other side of town. And it worked out. You know what I'm saying? Like, isn't it crazy how, you know, when time goes by, you can look back and be like, you know what? That, A lot of times it worked out. I'm not saying, you know, every single singular situation, you feel like it worked out perfectly. But if you learn from it, you know, that's another good thing that happens. Like we all mess up. We all make mistakes. But you can look back and you can learn from it. Well, for me. Like looking in the word, right, let's let's kind of start there. Let's look at the Bible because I want to get us grounded 
in, you know, this this picture I want to paint for you of this idea of like the dangers of holding on to something. But also the encouraging way to look at that is I want you to see that the end of something is also the beginning. And this is important to realize because if you don't view it as the beginning, you'll be fr- uh, uh, I can talk. You'll be afraid to face the end. And some of us, we at the end, we at a dead end, a dead end road ain't going nowhere. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's going nowhere at all. This dude from my job um, down in Atlanta had texted me a couple weeks ago. Cool, dude. And he was like, yo, man, you got a street named after you in Atlanta. And he was just texting me the street name. You feel me? But the problem was I'm looking like, bruh, it's a dead end. No, I can't even lie But I know God is carrying me everywhere I go So I just let it go That fear that's in my soul Lord, just keep me, Lord, yes Yes, I'm holding on I won't give up now Look where you brought me from Been through them valleys and them rivers Now I'm swimming now I almost could have drowned If I wasn't holding on To your precious Holy Ghost That's when I realized that the Determines where you're gonna spend eternity. So be careful about the choices that you make and make the right choice today. Walking away may seem difficult, but for eternal life, it will be worth it all. So you don't have to be afraid. Trust in Jesus. just heard the end by yours truly j will music that's featuring my homie gerard brooks and it was co-produced by james shelton uh we got j rail hits on drums and i'm sorry i don't remember who was playing all the other instruments off the top of my head 
I would have to look at the credits of the album. That was a long time ago. We wrote that song back in 2011. Time definitely flies. It was definitely a mistake that the song uh, came in when it did. But I don't know. Creatively, I kind of like the timing of when it cut me off when I said it was a dead end. And the song went right into the end. So I'm keeping it here. If that probably scares somebody. I'm sure it scares somebody because it scared me when it just came on. Like I, Anyway, I, I put it right there by mistake. But nevertheless, that was the end. That was from my very first project. The project, you know, ironically, uh, is entitled The End is the Beginning of Forever. Yes, I literally named the CD a title that long. The End is the Beginning of Forever. Now, I was talking about this dude from work that sent me a picture of this street with my name, and I happened to look in the background, and I'm like, bro, the, the street is a dead end. Like, I, <laughs> he laughed, I laughed, but I'm like, yeah, I don't know why you sent me that, bro. That's kind of like, kind of hurtful if you want me to be real. Like, you, you know, my name is on the dead end street in Atlanta somewhere. So shout out to y'all in ATL, all my listeners. Uh, I love y'all, even though y'all seem to have an issue with me putting dead end streets with my name on it. Anyway, the point overall, um, you know, even when I think about, you know, 2011 for me was really um, kind of a time in my life where, you know, I kind of did feel like I was at a dead end. And the thing about a dead end, is that there's a sense of like a false sense of finality to it. Like you feel like, bro, what do I do now? Like, uh, there's nowhere to go from here. And that is a lot of times what the enemy wants you to believe about your life, about your future, um, about your purpose. He wants you to feel, hey, you've reached a dead end. Maybe it's because of your age. Maybe it's because of your uh, community you live in. Maybe it's because of your social class and your finances. Um, there are maybe it's because you made a mistake, right? And and you got yourself to a dead end, uh, which happens. I've been there too. And so my point overall is that the enemy wants us to believe that there's this sense of finality when you get to a point in your life and you can't see what's on the other side. A dead end, right? But what I want to tell you today, like I want to inspire and encourage you today to know that in in that moment, like when you right there, you get what I'm saying? Because we don't always deal with that moment. It always sounds good when you tell a story about, you know, hey, this happened or I understand that happened back in the day. But it's different when you in it, like when you looking at the dead end and you like, bro, like I legit can't see what's on the other side or I can't see. Like how my life can get better from here. I'm telling you, that's the moment where you need to hold on to the Lord. That's the moment where I want you to hold on to this episode, these words of inspiration. And we're going to look at the word maybe in a unique way. You know, I want to look at the Bible in, in, a, in a unique way um, as we explore this idea of both the end and the beginning. And if you can get yourself to see that there's a simultaneous nature to the end and the beginning. Stopping something is also starting something. It's both at the same time. And if you could just, if you could just see that sometimes a dead end is not the end, not just the end of one road, but maybe it represents the beginning of another. And I think a, a lot of times, like, we can't see that because we 
we're we're so caught up in the now and today and and it's like no you got to see the process man like you got to see where this is going and you got to also like let's just be real sometimes dead end roads if you look back on the street that's a dead end you kind of like bro you know what this wasn't that nice street anyway like it wasn't really no nice houses on this road it it wasn't paved anyway so really, the fact that it's a dead end is potentially saving me from continuing down what is not a good road to go down. Like, it's not a healthy road to go down. And if we could just see that the end is the beginning, then maybe it'll open the door for God to continue to pave the new road that he wants us to go down. All things becoming new, right? Putting those old things behind you. Like we hear all these cliches in the Bible. They're not really cliches, but we receive them as cliches when they're really, um, you know, the inspired word of God. But it's supposed to be something we can hold on to like, wait, behold, all things have become new. Old things have passed away. The old things have saw their end so that the new things can begin. I just want to explore a couple of things in scripture for real. Uh, really quick, if we go to Exodus chapter 16, um, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. If you are a new listener, um, this is where I typically read from the NLT. Um, and if you rock with me all the time, then your Bible and your Bible app is probably already saved to the NLT as well. Exodus 16, we're only going to read like verses one through three. But, you know, right now, just to kind of paint the picture for the time and perspective, this is after Moses has gone to Pharaoh, let my people go. You got all the plagues happen. Oh, the people was free. They, you know, headed to freedom and then Pharaoh changes his mind and sends, you know, everyone after him like, oh, man. So they got the chariots and the army behind them trying to kill them after they were just set free. They had the Red Sea in front of them. Uh, this is back in Exodus chapter 14, had the Red Sea in front of them. Uh, you know, hey, they're they're stuck between a rock and a hard place. Moses raised the staff. The spe the sea has been split. Now they are in the wilderness. Which, if you've listened uh, to my episode, don't waste time in the wilderness. I think that's maybe like episode. I'm a guess. It's in the 60s. Let's just guess and say 66. Whether that's it or not, you should just go ahead and listen to episode 66, whether you heard it already or not. All right, let's just throw a plug in there. Uh, you're listening now, so you know how to listen. Um, like the podcast, share the podcast. Y'all know that. I ask y'all every week, share it with, le with at least one person. I've been talking to people that's saying they've been sharing it, and I love you and appreciate you for it. So now they're in the wilderness, which we often view as a bad thing again, but it is freedom. They're, they're experiencing freedom. Freedom isn't always easy, though. And that's where a lot of times we get messed up because we want everything to be so easy. So verse one says this. Then the whole community of Israel set out from Elam and journeyed into the wilderness of sin between Elam and Mount Sinai. They arrived there on the 15th day of the second month, one month after leaving the land of Egypt. All right. So they one month into freedom. You've been free all the four weeks. OK, uh, we talking about the end. So it's been the end of slavery. And the beginning of freedom for four weeks. Let's see how this thing is going, though. Verse two. There, too, 
the whole community of Israel complained about Moses and Aaron. Verse 3. If only the Lord had killed us back in Egypt, they moaned. There we sat around pots filled with meat and ate all the bread we wanted. But now you have brought us into the wilderness to starve us all to death. So, freedom doesn't seem to be going so well for the children of Israel at this point in time. But let's explore why is it not going well. It's not going well, even though they asked for this freedom, right? So just like they're crying to complain, they cried and moaned to the Lord for freedom. He gave it to them. That, that thing ended. And, and just like us sometimes, God frees us from something. And as soon as he frees us from it, and we want it to be free from it. Like you wanted this new job, new house, new opportunity, like new, like you wanted the new. All things have become new. Old things have passed away. What do we do as soon as the old thing pass away? We start comparing the new thing to the old thing, but we do it in a way like the children of Israel. Where even though this new thing, this freedom is better than being beat and killed in slavery. Here are the two words that they use that can offend God, I would imagine. At least. Like, <laughs> listen, man, if you think about when people use the term at least, at least can be super offensive. At least, da -da 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 -da, whatever comes after at least ain't typically that good. At least when I was, no, don't say that to me. At least in my last relation, no, don't say that to me. Because what it's saying, at least is a way of lowering standards at the very least, right? It lowers a standard. And they're saying, at least when we were there, it was food. Now, the thing I don't like about at least is it also ignores all the good things that are happening that are better in your current situation. Because then most of them could have said, well, at least we are not beating you right now. At least you're not enslaved in chains, right? And, and being made to do all this harsh labor that you get no benefit from, at least. So what's my point with all this? I'm just exploring the dynamic of like how we struggle sometimes to end one thing and walk into a new thing, even if we ask for it. So you might find yourself in a situation right now where you hit the dead end and you ask God, hey, just if you just get me out of this one. Come on. How many of us been there before where it's like, Lord, if you just do it this time, God, I'll never watch that again. I'll never listen to that song again, God. If you just do it this time, Father, thank you. Four weeks later, on the 15th day of the month, <laughs> like you, you back to complaining about your thing that you wanted freedom from. The end is the beginning. So now I want to fast forward. You know, I want to fast forward 40 years because the children of Israel, they're so interesting to me and how God dealt with them is so interesting. And this idea of like these transitions that we go through in life. Now, I am going to say something about them. You know, no offense, um, but... You know, it it seems like they were just some complaining type of people. Like if if I'm being honest, right, I'm just objectively reading the word and being like, wow, they're complaining. I'm telling you this because as God takes us through these different transitions in life, like I don't want us to be complainers. 
I want us to try to have a better perspective about how God takes us through. And sometimes you stop one thing to start something else. And like sometimes you are the dead end and like this all happens in life. But God is still with you. That's the beauty of it is that he doesn't abandon you at a dead end. At a dead end, the word of God comes alive. It's like when I think of times in my life when I'm down and out and I don't know where, like where I'm going and what I'm doing, the goodness and graciousness of God, like I'm looking like, man, like we made it this far, uh, by faith. He took us this far, uh, by faith. Couldn't fake it this far, uh, by faith. Couldn't see it as far, but we made it by faith. The words to that song is so real to me. Because for me personally, you know, and I'm not going to make this about me and my story and all that, whatever y'all know me good enough, y'all done heard this show. But man, when I tell you, like, if I just look over the last 10 years, there are things that God has done that I couldn't even imagine. He's allowed me to grow in ways that I couldn't imagine. And I'm still growing. Like, it's not like I'm done yet. I haven't arrived and hit the top of the mountain. But it's, it's like, even if you're not at the top of the mountain, Sometimes it's good to like step back and just think about the goodness of the Lord and like, man, I remember starting entry level in corporate America. I remember that starting entry level, feeling like this is not what I graduated college for, having a kind of a tough labor driven job. And when I look at how God has progressed my career and allowed me to grow but still with a bunch of room to grow, it's, it's just an amazing thing. Like there are things that God has allowed me to do that I had always dreamed about as a kid. And it's like, Lord, I, I want to do this. I knew I wanted to own a home. I knew, like, I knew I wanted to be something. And so through the goodness of God, like when I look at now, I'm like, man, like I'm able to experience a level of success, but it, but it came through a process. And, and that's the only reason I'm even talking about it is because it's more about the process than the success itself. It's more about the fact of looking back at times where you didn't know what God was going to do and how he was going to do it. And he opened the door. Like looking back to the end of something that also became the beginning of something else. All right. So let's travel all the way to Joshua chapter five, still in the NLT, New Living Translation. And we're going to start at verse six. Now, for a little bit of background, we are now dealing with the fact that this is Joshua leading the children of Israel. This is pretty much the second generation uh, from where Moses led them out and they were complaining uh, when they were just one month into freedom. Now we're entering their children's generation and they have just crossed over into the uh, across the Jordan River. And they're camping at Gilgal. Like, this is now, like, remember, th this is why I'm talking about this. When you look at, you know, the children of Israel being freed, again, that was the end of something, but it was the beginning of something as well. That was the beginning of the wilderness. Now what we've experienced is the end of Moses' life and the end of the wilderness and now this is about to be the beginning of the promised land and experiencing that, right? And, and everything that God had promised all these years. What we're exploring is just the end simultaneously with the beginning. My goal with talking about this 
is so that you will begin to view your life through the lens of scripture and be inspired by the Bible. Like, and we're not trying to make this mean nothing that doesn't mean we're looking at these historical um, events in scripture and seeing the dynamics. Like, we're just studying it and going to let God minister to you in your own personal situation, however he'll do that. Like, there's no reason. We don't got to force it. You know what I mean? I think sometimes we feel like we have to force the word. What I'm doing right now is literally just reading this by faith and trusting and believing that God will connect it with you however he wants and need to connect it with you. But this is the word of God, and the word of God is powerful. And the other reason I'm reading it is because before today, I have never connected these two scriptures and stories in this way. So this is a whole new thing for me. This is something I've never thought about before today. I just, as I was preparing and studying for today's show and trying to see like, all right, you know, what are we going to talk about where I'm going to go? Like this, this is where it went. Now, it's not all the way by chance because I had um, me, me and Tiff been studying the book of Joshua, right? So again, this is just how God works. Thank God. Um, And I'm just trusting and believing that God is going to use his word to bless you and to inspire you um, in your life and wherever you at in your journey. All right, cool, cool, cool. So let's do this. Um, Joshua chapter five, we're going to start at verse six, right? Now, this is the second generation, but I want you to peep how he how this is written. The Israelites had traveled in the wilderness for 40 years until all the men who were old enough to fight in battle when they left Egypt had died, for they had disobeyed the Lord, and the Lord vowed he would not let them enter the land he had sworn to give, give to us, a land flowing with milk and honey. All right, let's take a quick pause there, right? Now, I always hear people talk about, you know, they were traveling in the land for 40 years and da-da-da-da-da-da. I think I mentioned this on a recent episode. It's like they never really tell us why. It's like, again, God had to end that complaining. Now, now this is what's interesting to me. These are the same people that were complaining four weeks into the wilderness. They had gotten so bad that God is like, you know what? I'm not even going to let them see the promised land. We, I'm going to still take the people there, right? But again, it's going to have to be the end of this generation before I even take the next generation where I want to take them. What's the point that I, the reason I'm saying this? For me, I don't want to complain my way through my life to the point where God says, you know what? I can't even take homie where I want to go. Like you ever had somebody like that? Somebody that's just nag and complain. And you're like, you know what? Mm, we going to this nice restaurant. We going, I don't want to take you there. No, we, because all you're going to do is complain. And so you got to ask yourself, who am I in the story? Whenever I read the word of God, I start looking for myself in the book. Like who am I? And then who do I want to be, right? I'm not limiting myself to being uh, any particular uh, person or in the, in the story, but just hypothetically asking myself, who are you, Jermaine? Are you a complainer that God is like, you know what? Mm, I'm going to do something amazing for your kids because I promised you that I was going to bless your bloodline, but I can't take you. Look, look, Lord, I want to go to the promised land. I don't know about y'all. I want to go. 
Just, look, somebody out there just say it with me. I want to go. I, can I go? I, I want to go. You ever saw your parents when you were younger and they leaving out going somewhere? It's like, whoa, I, I, I want to go. I want to go. All right, let's keep reading. Verse 7. So Joshua circumcised their sons, those who had grown up to take their father's places, for they had not been circumcised on the way to the promised land. The line that stands out to me is those who had grown up to take their father's places. The end of the father's timeline was the beginning of the sons. That's an amazing dynamic to me. Whereas like this generation had the end. I wanted like God wanted all of them dead <laughs> before he even took the new group of people over. And I can only imagine that it's like because I can't take your nasty like, look, we're talking about the end of something, letting baggage, letting old things go like there are some things that just can't go to the promised land. Like, so God has a plan for you. He has a purpose for your life. He has somewhere that he wants to take you. But in order for you to get there, you might be asking yourself, why has it taken me so long? Lord, you promised. Lord, you said you were going to do this. And God is like, mm, I'm waiting for you to die to flesh. Like, I'm, I'm trying to take a part of your flesh and replace it with spirit and replace it with something new because I can't take you the way you are to the promised land. And I think the problem with some of us is we trying to go to the promised land. We trying to go to a new place as the same person. It's not going to work. No, I should talk in the accent right now. Hello, Jermaine. Uh, I don't know what accent you want to do right now and why you want to talk this way, but I would say to you, don't be the old you. No, no. Why would I be the old me? I was going to be a new me, and that's just going to work in the promised land. That is what we're going to do. We're not going to be the old me and be the person that is just lost in sin and just not living for God, not following his purpose. Okay. That's my random accent for today. My point is this, people. There is more that he requires of us, right? To whom much is given, much is required. If you are going to receive the promised land, you are required to become the promised person. And it's time, I'm telling you, man, it is so time for us, me included, all of us. It's time for me to really be who God wants me to be. It's time for you to really be who God wants you to be. Stop playing with it. Stop. Like what we do sometimes, we tip our toe in the water. We like, you know, I think God want me to. Let me see what that. Let me see what it's like over there. Ooh, ooh no, that's, that water hot. I'm good. We got to stop trying on the new clothes and just buy them. <laughs> like it's time to commit to becoming exactly who God called you to be so that you can stop questioning God, what's taking so long? And God is looking like, I'm waiting for you to let go. I'm waiting for you to let go of the old mentality, right? Of the way that it's always been. And sometimes, look, we live in this world where 
generations are interesting to me, okay? Now, I think technically I'm, a, I'm an older millennial. I'm at the back end of millennialism. It's not a word, but it is today. So I, I think what's interesting, like with me, is like I kind of understand the generation before me and the generation after me because I kind of fall right at the bridge of the, these two generations. Um, so, you know, for those of us who grew up before the Internet, like we experienced some of our childhood without the Internet, but then we got the Internet when we were young enough. This is that age group. If you fall within this age group, born and raised in the 80s, uh, maybe some of y'all early 90s, like this is the age group that is a, we grew up in an interesting time because we see both sides. So it's like, you know, the, the generation before us, for them, it's like uh, they they like, oh, this technology stuff. Like I, I work with people who are a little older. When we started transferring from like writing out things to having iPads and stuff at work, they were like, oh, I can't get with this. They're like, calling you like, hey, can you help me? Like how you take a picture? Right. Because they didn't they didn't have that. And then you have the generation younger than me where all they know is this stuff. So they live their entire lives. No offense to either generation. I know I have listeners on both sides. We just talking facts right now. All right. So that younger generation lived their whole entire lives through the digital world and the Internet. And it's pictures every day. It's because when they were born. Right. The reason I'm talking about this again, I think the generational differences are important in this conversation and understanding like if, if you are a parent or whoever you are, or if you're the child, there may be a purpose that you play in your broader bloodline. So instead of arguing and going against each other, what if those older generation of of the children of Israel would have recognized, okay, we're going to get us here. I don't want God to have to kill me. But by the time we get to the promised land, I'm no longer going to be in charge. My son is going to be running it. My nephew, like my nieces, they're going to be stepping up. Right. Uh, But what we got, I think the problem for us is that we never want to let go. We always want to be leading. So we don't know how to play our roles for the different times in life. So then God just got to exit out from the equation. Like, you know what? I can't even take you there because you because you're not you're not acting right. And so what am I saying? We see generations fighting all the time. You know, the young people, you don't understand me, the old people. All you do is this, right? And sometimes I think just being in the age group that I'm in, it's like I can see both sides. It's like we need a balanced perspective in life to be able to understand, yes, there's value older people in doing things on the internet and having a digital world. Hey, younger people, there's also some value in not living your entire life through the internet and the social media world and there's some things that can lead to depression and right can mess with your mental health, right? Hey, older people, you, you can't blockbuster video is not coming back. It, it's Netflix now. So you got to let go of some of your old ways. There's some give and there's some take. Here's my last example on generations. This is a, a debate that's, you know, super heavy right now is LeBron versus Jordan. And when I really think about it, it's all generational. Like, For people who grew up and Jordan was their favorite player, they can't let it go. Like, because when they were growing up, it was the commercials, it was the shoes. Sometimes I dream, he is me, like Mike. If I could be like, you can't, you you get what I'm saying? It ain't no like LeBron song. 
But then you got to see it from the other group side. It's like for the, for the generation now, they feel like, no, now is the new way. This is the better way. And what you end up having when generations fight each other, number one, my point is every generation think they're better than the other. But I think what we should be trying to do, like this, my goal, my desire for my children will be, all right, how can I cultivate them, teach them some of the things I know, but raise them and groom them to be leaders in their generation, like to be leaders based on where they going. Moses had to get us to and through the wilderness. Joshua had to get us to the promised land. Two very different scenarios and situations, but both needed leaders. What's my point? There's different versions of you. The, the version of you that you've been this whole time, it got you here. It got you to this episode of this podcast. I appreciate you. I love you. You super dope. But where you need to go, the promised land ain't the same requirement as the wilderness. And there are different muscles and different thinking that, that the Lord needs you to have, needs me to have. Like, there's a different thought process that I have to go through to take, inspire God's people to the next level. Now, the old Jermaine got it here. He was, look, that's dope. I'm telling y'all, I'm a whole new person this year. I'm so different this year. God has done so much, shown me so much about myself. Um, I thank God for the ability to grow. Um, I've been challenged. Like, there's so much that has happened. We'll talk about it, you know, at some point, I'm sure, naturally. But my point is, I already know, like, ooh, the, the Jermaine that, ooh, that, that got through 2020, the one that's about to go, like, into 2021, like, this is a whole different J. Like, I'm telling you, this is, this is different. It's requiring more of me, more time, more effort, more energy, more focus, more endurance. More of everything is required in order for me to get to the next phase of where God wants me to go. So what's my point at the end of the day? At the end of the day, pun intended, I guess. Let go. Like, please, please let it in. Let the mentality end. Let the relationship, whatever it is that God wants to end. That's the key, what God wants to end. I'm not talking emotion right now. I'm not talking anything fake or superficial. I'm talking about for those who literally know, where it's not a question. Now, if you don't know, you just need to get your play, yourself in the word, get surrounded with some people of God who can really lead and help counsel you, um, whether that's a pastor at your church. Read the Bible and pray for yourself for sure. Listen to this podcast, right? You can keep listening. Um, but ultimately, if you don't know, what you need to find out is what does God want me to do? Who does he want me to be, right? This show is about what? Balancing faith in business to guide you to your purpose. That's what I'm hoping to be able to do every week is get you one step closer to uncovering something new about yourself, peeling back another layer. It takes time. It's a process. We on episode 99 right now, you know, almost at 100. I'm excited. But it's, look, we, ain't, we just getting started, right? But that's the whole goal is like, if you know, let go. If you don't, let's go. Let's, let's start figuring out. But either way it is, it's time to end one thing so you can start something else. You know, for some of us, it's our, it's our corporate roles. It could be you in entrepreneurship. It can be whatever. But it's time to let the one thing finish. 
Like, you at the dead end, stop trying to walk down a dead end road. It's time to pave a new road. It's time to go somewhere different. It's time to let go of all the old things so that God can take you, the new you, into the promised land. Because you want to go there. You feel what I'm saying? You want to go there. All right, guys, people, now is a perfect time for a commercial break. I just want to give y'all a couple announcements of things that's going on that inspire guys, people. Number one, thank you to everybody who's been donating to the show. Again, man, it's something that I've only started talking about because people started asking me how to donate, and I've been donating in two ways. So number one, if you want to donate via PayPal, then you can simply just go to JermaineWilsonMusic at Yahoo.com. Uh, on PayPal, you can send it that way. Send it to that email. And then also, uh, we got something called coffee.com, but coffee is spelled K-O-F-I.com. Go to slash inspire God's people. And you can also donate there. And so also because people are donating, I wanted to make sure I had something specific that the money was going towards. So right now I am do- taking all donations to go towards our brand um, vision identity um, project, which also includes kind of a website to design and build makeover. Um, so there's a complete brand identity makeover uh, about to take place with Inspire Guys People, Lord's willing. And all of your funds will go towards that. That um, costs several thousand dollars, to be honest. So, yeah, um, you don't have to worry about me taking any of the extra money and going to buy me some new socks because I ain't on that. But thank you so much again. Donations is not something that is obviously required or i expect or i'm hanging over your head um but it's just the i'm just thanking the people who do it and i'm also like i've been telling y'all trying to bring a little more structure around how you donate to the show since people have started uh to my surprise donating to the show and again i thank you and appreciate you um and we are gonna make uh that money go to good use and good work Um, We're not trying to do random extra stuff for ourselves with it. So, again, thank you. God bless you. Uh, Two ways to donate via PayPal. Send any funds to JermaineWilsonMusic at Yahoo.com. And also, if you want uh, to donate on Coffee.com, which is is KO-FI.com backslash Inspire Guys People. Or is it forward slash? I think it's forward slash Inspire Guys People. Thank you so much for donation. All right, God's people. So now that we know that we need to let go and we need to let something in so that something else can begin, I want to talk about something that might hurt a little bit, okay? I'm just giving you a warning. It might hurt. It might sting a little bit if it, um, you know, if you're, I can't think of the word. Like, I literally don't know if it applies to you. There we go. Uh, sorry about that. You know, we're all human. I have moments, uh, several moments on the show where I just yell out I can talk because I clearly stuttered or stumbled over a word for my new listeners. Um, yeah, when I randomly say I can talk, it's because I'm clearly not talking well at the moment. Here's my point. The reason that so many of us cannot let go and allow God to push us forward in our lives is because we're addicted to average. Addicted to average. What do I mean by this? Like, it's so easy to be average. And I've been talking about this a lot. I probably mentioned it on it. I've been talking about this so much, I don't remember where I talked about it at. But the thought is continuing to develop. So if I mentioned it on the show two weeks ago, 
I probably got two or three other building blocks because this is a thought that's been on my mind for a month straight, if not longer, really. Um, but just re for recently a month straight, we're addicted to average. And the thing is this, good is so good, we can't get to great. And I look, I think about it for my own life, and I'm like, you know what, man? If I'm just being real with y'all, you know, life is good right now. It is. I'm just being honest. By the grace of God, life is good. Um, there are things that I wanted that I have. There are things that I aspired to, and I got there. But here's the thing. I haven't arrived. I haven't, like, made it. You know what I'm saying? But I experienced good. And when I experienced good, I was telling Tiff recently, I understand now why people don't become great. Because good is so good. Good is so good, it can make you be like, why would I even want great? Good is so good, great seems bad. What do I mean by that? So if I got it good right now, it's like, all right, I got it good. Nobody really knows me for real. Like I got, you know, 9,000 people on Instagram, uh, 11, 12,000 on Twitter. These are all random, you know, following numbers in different places, but nobody really knows me. Like um, someone from my job followed me recently on Instagram. And my first thought was like, oh, wow, how did they find me? Like, because that's not something, it's not like interconnected. I, I try to keep business over here, entrepreneurship over here, you know, whatever, whatever it may be. I like being low key. Right. But I'm realizing even in myself, being low key represents average. It represents good for me. Not that it's wrong to be a private person, but sometimes I'm low key at the expense of becoming great. Sometimes for me, I'm just being transparent with y'all. Sometimes for me, it's a little more valuable. Just it's like because here's what happens. You I just cut myself off. I know. Um, But I remember what I was saying. Here's what happens. Like. When you are low key and nobody knows you and you getting a little something or you feeling good about yourself or, oh, you got a good job. Your family's cool. Maybe you drive a nice car. Everybody's different. Right. Whatever good is to you. Um, for me, peace is part of that. And not that I not that greatness means to lose your peace, but hopefully I make this point. Well, the point I'm making is like because nobody really knows me, I just get to live my life. I don't have to deal Look, when people troll me on Instagram, I just block you. I got trolled today on Twitter. I just block. Just block and keep moving. The more you, let's use preaching the word of God. The more you preach the word of God or you stand for something, people start recognizing and knowing that. And the thing about recognition is not all recognition is good. Some of the people don't like you. So with, with a lot of um, positive uh, mail comes negative mail. With a lot of positive reaction comes or approval comes disapproval. And I find, like, if you like me, you can just not really want to deal with all that or deal with people or everything that comes with doing things publicly, like this podcast, um, as things grow. And it's like sometimes I can dumb myself down just to stay low key. I'm just being real with y'all. That's why I'm doing the whole brand, vision, identity, upgrade, website, upgrade, Laura Willing. Because I know I'm a marketing major. I work in sales and marketing for a major corporation. I know how to build certain things. 
I, I just also know what comes with it. It's like people build you up to tear you down, right? That's something I believe. People literally build you up, tear you down. What's my example? The Kardashians. I've never in my life watched Keeping Up with the Kardashians. I don't know much about them at all other than the fact that Kim is married to Kanye. Like, I'm, I'm not a celebrity watcher, right? But here's what I know. I see a lot of people complaining about Kim. She not talented and she got on through, I guess, some type of reckless stuff we don't have to talk about here. But my point is, I'm like, but y'all watch her show. <laughs> like the same people that talk about her, they watch her show. You're the, she's rich because you watched her. You bought her stuff. What am I saying? This is how weird people are. People build you up to tear you down. And for me, because I'm observant and I see that, it can put me in a position where I'm like, you know what? I'm good right here, God. I'm good. If great includes dealing with people, fake people, I don't really want to deal with that. I'm good right here. That's addicted to average. Good is so good. Good is so comfortable that greatness looks like a bad thing. It's like, uh, you know what, God? Picture, okay, Moses. We talked about Moses earlier. Moses was in the kingdom, living good. He was there, but he saw how his people were treated, and God called him to something greater. Imagine being good, living, feet kicked up with the Gucci loafers in the kingdom. Like, they ain't had no Gucci loafers, but you know what I'm saying. You living good, but greatness requires you to go into the wilderness and lead people through all type of crazy stuff and you need miracles and manna and to build covenants and tabernacles and the Ark of the Covenant. Like Greatness is tough. When Moses was living good, imagine if Moses was addicted to average. Imagine if average was like, you know what? I just want to look, I'm good right here. I don't have to. Uh, no, what? You want 10 commandments? What do you want me to go to the top of a mountain for, bro? I'm chill. This is the mountain. I'm in the kingdom. What am I saying, people? Jesus. You think, G I got to go down. I'm about to go down here and die for these people? Die for their sins? I'm already in here. In the beginning was the word. The word was God. The word was with God. Like, I'm already the word, right? What happens is your purpose and greatness a lot of times is wrapped up in a process that's not as comfortable as good. And so many of us, what we start doing is we start bragging and we change because we got it good. You ever see somebody that got it good? Not great. They don't have it great, right? They're not, they not uh, in generational wealth or they not, like they just make a look, they get a little uh, bonus on their job, right? This person went from not having a job, not making no money. They get a little cute job. Feels like a lot. Maybe it's a lot in perspective for them. I'm not trying to disrespect nobody's work. That's not the point being made here, right? But the, but the point I am making is I've seen people get a little cute job and change and act like they made it. It's like you ain't made it, bruh. You just tasting good. Good causes people to change. It's people stunting because they doing good and they don't even understand that they're nowhere near great. Because greatness ain't about stunting. Like, that's why when people want to show off 
material things, y'all can have that. You want to show off, you feel, feeling yourself because you drive a little car. Like, that ain't great. Great is something totally different. What we've been doing is we've been reaching good and calling it great. We've been reaching average and calling it greatness, and that's not greatness. It ain't. Because if that was greatness, when Moses was in the kingdom, that would have been considered greatness. Moses became great when he left the kingdom and went back to get his people. I'm telling y'all, man, I'm trying to change the way you think entirely. That's my goal. I'm trying to challenge the way you think entirely. Because I think there are some things that have been brain, we've been brainwashed and we've been given a point of view so much that it doesn't line up with the point of view of the word. The point of view that some of us live with is just average. It's the world point of view, right? Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. When you renew your mind, you no longer see average as the goal. We're so addicted to what's good. Be, reaching good makes us feel so comfortable that we don't want to become great. Because good will allow you to sit back and just quietly, oh, I'm going to just be good. I'm going to just go under the radar and do good. But God called you to go back and talk to these people. God called you to go back and talk to Pharaoh, potentially. God called you, Joshua, to step up and be the new leader when, when it's time for Moses to die. But Joshua, if you just want to fly under the radar, I thought I was just going to get to the promised land, get a little milk, get a little honey. I was going to do my thing. I was chilling. We was going to have fun. We was just going to go to the club. See, some of us live a lifestyle of fun. We want to go to the club. You want to drink. You want to dance every week. That's good. Don't it feel good? And Don't it feel good? Uh, good is so good that you don't want greatness. Greatness is about your purpose in Jesus Christ. Greatness is about God. Good is about you. And some of us are so focused on ourselves that we're addicted to average. That's why we can spend 10 hours watching a TV show, binge watching every week. We can spend 10 hours doing things that do not enhance us spiritually, watching all type of crazy stuff, listening to crazy stuff. And then we put five minutes into reading the word of God and we get tired. Five minutes into studying a commentary and we get tired. Because we're addicted to average. All we want is good. We don't want great. Great takes work. Faith without work is dead. See, the thing I think, like, I think where we get it mixed up is we don't see work as spiritual. Like, we got to see work as spiritual. I should have read this thing my mother-in-law sent me this week. But it was like connecting worship and work. And it was just an amazing um, like graphic and an amazing message within that graphic. And it, it just had on my mind, like, work is spiritual. We keep seeing work as natural because we average. We're addicted to average because the average people do this. We do this. Man, I got a mentality. Don't tell me nothing about the average person. Don't tell me the average person my age. The average person that come from where I come from, the average person that look like me, the average person my height does this. I don't want to hear average no more. Don't tell me nothing about average. Average doesn't matter to me because what matters to me is becoming who God called me to be. And good ain't good enough. 
Good is so good, but it's not good enough. Hopefully that blesses y'all. You know what I'm saying? And hopefully in your own life, you can kind of look in the mirror. That's what it's about. It's about me looking in the mirror, you looking in the mirror, and us realizing like, yo, bro, like you've been, you've been addicted to average. You've been eating average. You've been talking average. You've been, you got an average um, lifestyle. It's time to reach greatness, man. We can't do that without the word of God. We got to be guided by God. Because greatness isn't just something you feel. Greatness isn't a dream that you just, I always wanted to be that when I grew up. It's about purpose. It's about really tapping into why was I created. Good is good, man. But greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Guys, people, thank you so much for listening to today's show. If you enjoyed what you heard, subscribe at Apple Podcasts and Spotify. That way you can hear the show every single week. Also, you can find us at inspireguyspeople.com. Hit the drop-down box and select podcast. Yo, email me, Music at gmail.com. Tell me what you think about the show. What type of topics and interviews do you want to hear next? And always remember, if you don't like me, just act like you like me. If you're looking for me, I'm be in my own world. Create for the creator when I'm in my own world. I serve below the surface. It's layers to my purpose. Inspire God's people when I'm in my own world. Look in the sky, there ain't no stars in it. The art is all natural and authentic. Rivers of love, we swimming for us. We can't drown if we fall in it. If you looking for me, I'll be in my own world. Create for the creator when I'm in my own world. I surf below the surface. It's layers to my purpose. Inspire God's people when I'm in my own world.